I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Raptors Over Everything podcast live, not live, I'm live from Burnaby, B.C., here for Raptors training camp and to discuss our thoughts so far between media day and obviously training camp. Savannah, how are we doing? I'm good. Glad to, to, to be on with you and talking some Raptors basketball. It's been a long off season. It's been a long, long off season. And then the Raptors came back media day went down and there wasn't much faith put into, I guess, like the, the process and the system and just how, how the vibes were. But, but I mean, as we're now at training camp, I think you'd agree that it's very different to seeing the players on the court together. Uh, it's not what we felt on media day. Now it feels like there's a clearer direction and it seems like the players, you know, for the most part, as Dargo has mentioned that they're, they're in, they're, they're buying in. Yeah, I think you could say the vibes just being out here in Vancouver, seeing everybody together. I think there was a level of unsurety as media members, as you know, people who are following the team um, about what the energy would be like. And let's call it the start of the season, but so far, so good. Uh, I think that there's lots of change um, that has happened. And maybe for some people, uh, they'd argue there wasn't enough change to happen over the, mm. the summer. Um, but I'm, I'm looking forward to the diving in with, with this because, uh, there's a lot to talk about. Yeah. Yeah, there is. And I mean, if you think about it, like, like this way, so media day, I mean, it's kind of like the culmination of months and of, of just us having questions. And even when, you know, we were getting the Dame Lillard news and it was going on and on. And then the Pascal stuff, everyone like me, fans were like, Hey, you better ask the tough questions. And I mean, they were asked the tough questions and that's not fun to be asked those questions. You're going to get some murky answers, some unconfidence, some, some answers that probably don't give you the, the most faith. But now that that's clear, it's gone. Now it's, we're approaching basketball. We can just talk about basketball. Um, so I don't think it was ever going to go all that well necessarily um, unless they were, they came right out and said, you know, Pascal Siakam, we're to give an extension. It's, it's happening very soon. Um, yep. They obviously didn't do that. Um, we didn't get those answers. So, but I think we're 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 getting more and more clarity as we we go on during uh, training camp. But just let's start with Darko, okay? So, what are your impressions of Darko so far? We've seen him have a few media availabilities, two here, also media day, um, and then from everything that we've learned about him, you know, throughout the course of the off season. Uh, yeah, where are you with him now? I think. Uh... My impression started from the moment he was announced as head coach. I think we all did deep dives into his background, coaching philosophy, his history. You know, he's had over 17 years in uh, Europe and various programs out there being either a head coach or a top assistant coach. He comes to the NBA, top assistant coach. And a lot of players just have really great things to say, like ranging from Devin Booker to Steven Adams to Mikel Bridges. Like a lot of players have come out and kind of, so yeah, this guy helped me with my game, whether 
you know, to various degrees. We don't know because we're not behind the scenes of just how much, but a lot of them are saying, and, and you know, Dennis Schroeder being another one coming out of the woodwork saying like, yeah, this guy's legit, like much respect. Um, you see Gary Trent Jr. on media day saying, I've had more conversations with this coach already mm-hmm. than I've ever had with any coach in my career. That says something, right? About anything too. He's like, just yeah. in general. <laughs> just in general. Yeah. And yeah. I think it's so important because- you know, even as media members, we get lost up in these in these stories and who's getting contract extensions. And, you know, some, I think the humanity with these athletes is can be lost sometimes because there's a lot at stake. In all fairness, there's jobs at stake. There's money. There's so much. And I think Darko, I think first and foremost, he's grounded. And I think that's what mm. players um, relate to and already off the bat with that. And so I think that's starting with the the right the right energy going forward right now. Now, when it comes to game strategies, he's already talked about the fact that he's a development guy that he really wants a team to get better individually so that they could then come together as a team and put the strategies in to implement, implant it out. And I'm sure, I'm sure you have some thoughts on the 0.5 <laughs> offense that seems to be the topic of the summer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 0.5 offense or whatever you want to call it. But, um, yeah. you know, it's, uh, it's, it's very, it's very interesting. I, I will say this so far. So good with me. Um, I have a good impression. And, you know, I was even actually speaking to my colleague, Michael Grange. And I was like, you know, it's funny when I was a player, um, I, you know, the way that these players are talking about their coaches, I wouldn't be able to have said the same thing throughout my own playing career about mm. like just the, the humanity that this coach is clearly already showing to the players outside, outside the court. So um, so yeah, that, that's, that's why I, I resonate with that. I sp- it speaks, it speaks volumes to, to a coach's character, but yeah, I, I want to hear your thoughts. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot of the same. Um, but uh, I think it was interesting today, actually, during his availability, he said that, um, at one point, uh, they were doing a drill and he just told everyone like, look, I've just made a mistake. I'm being yes. accountable for my mistake. And this is what has been preached to us about his character, about who he is, is that we're going to do this together. Um, we're, we're all, we're all a team. And, uh, if I make mistakes, you make mistakes. It's okay. We're just going to work through it. And the amount of people that I've seen him sit down with, um, on the Raptors, like today I saw him hanging out with Gary and Grady for a little while. Other days it was other players. And it's always been someone, I don't want to go too far into it because then it's like, like, well, why haven't they talked to this person? So I'm just going to say yeah, today exactly. I saw Gary and Grady, they're having conversations with Darko and his positivity, the energy that he, that he explores with his players. And just, it seems like it's a, it's a give and take, but he's there to help. That's his yeah. MO. He wants to help the players. And in terms of the offense, I mean, slowly but surely we're getting more details about what he wants to run. So we've learned that he want he, he believes, you know, one to four, the positions are all ball handlers. That's his idea. Yep. And then you got your fives, which is going to be Yaka Pirtle, who it seems like he's going to be operating a lot from the elbow. Right. And yep. it seems like the Raptors are going to be doing a lot more elbow series. It's kind of similar to what the Warriors have done. And then fun fact, he told us today that Jama's going to be the offensive coordinator. Where was yep. Jama? Where, where is he coming from? He's going from golden state. Oh, so kind it's kind of good fit. Yeah, exactly. So we're learning little details um, each time that he he uh, he speaks to us, and um, he's had great things to say about Scotty Barnes throughout this whole process. Um, I'm not sure if you have more things about Darko, but I think we're we're just realizing that everything that we've been told about him is in fact true. That's kind of it. Yeah, yeah. I think the way that a coach can interact with media and be transparent, and I think exactly when 
because I remember asking him even like uh, this day two of training camp, uh, like, hey, your philosophy is win the day. And like the other day you said a big mentality for you is next play. And I understand the next play mentality. It's just like, don't let the little things bug you or literally onto the next. But like, how do you implement that? And how do you hold players accountable when they're not coming in prepared and they're not coming in with their best energy? And that's when he used that example about himself. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was great. The fact that he went that direction. He's like, let me start with myself. I had to hold myself accountable with that with that um, like drill that I got ahead of myself with. So yeah. I thought that was super cool to see a coach just really take that ownership. Um, and yeah, when it comes and then, you know, I think he's surrounding himself with the best people that he possibly can, especially Jamma Malalela. So familiar with the organization, a lot of the players who are on that championship roster, they still know Jamma, um, mm-hmm. you know? And so, so I think that was a big piece as you mentioned. So, yeah, I, I mean, honestly, it's, I think now it comes down to, Let's see it in action. Let's see it in a game scenario, which we will soon enough. Soon enough. What I'm curious about too is that, so he he's saying that, you know, players are going to be allowed to make mistakes. It's about accountability. We're going to do this together and everything like that. But what if, you know, a player isn't performing very well? And what if yeah. the reasons that they're, you know, making X, Y, and Z mistake is why another team goes for a 10-0 run? And hey, maybe they do yeah. it three days in a row. Like what is going to be the discipline? Obviously it's about accountability. And Dennis Schroeder has talked about that too, is that he's accountable. He holds you accountable. So yeah. Perhaps it could be that simple that if you're not performing, then you're going to sit on the bench and you're going to have to think about it. But we've seen with uh, previous coaches, Nick Nurse, yeah. um, that it was hard to get that leash back. You know, yeah. once it was gone, it was kind of gone. It always happened around December or so. Then all of a sudden the Raptors rotation went down to like, I don't know, four somehow, somehow, yep. some way. <laughs> yep. Well, yeah. even... Well, even the way that Dennis Schroeder addressed the accountability aspect with Darko when Darko was an assistant at OKC was the fact that he he holds you accountable not to put you down, mm-hmm. but to actually raise you up. And I thought that was a very interesting way of putting it. So, yeah, yeah it's, hey, man, you got to work on this particular thing because we need you rather than you suck, basically. you know. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not saying that any other previous coaches have said that directly or nothing, but it's just an interesting uh, approach to giving criticism feedback uh and i think him setting the tone of approachability now mm-hmm. in the season is going to pay off when the road gets hard in the december's january's february's uh and For so sure. that that's that's big that's key yeah let's go to scotty um who today i think i mean this was probably one of his best media availabilities that I've seen from him in a long time, just with how candid he was, honest he was. Uh, he he was telling us what he wants from himself, what he expects, the things that he didn't realize last season and what he learned, the, the admissions of, you know, the success they had in, in his rookie season, right? It's not repeatable all the time. And that, you know, winning is still hard. Um, but yeah, uh, Scotty Barnes, what have you learned about Scotty? He's obviously thicker in a good way, 240 pounds. And also he's running at the same time. Like, Wow. You gained weight while doing a bunch of cardio, it seems. Well, Great train. That, that's tough. <laughs> that is tough to do. Ah. Um, but I mean, hey, kudos to him because I think, you know, one of the biggest criticisms for him last season was his level of preparedness going into the season because, you know, everyone's like, oh, you've been on Twitch. You've been doing these vlogs and whatever, yeah. blah, 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 blah. But you've doing, been doing everything but basketball coming off of that rookie of the year, uh, you know, chip basically given to him and then going to this sophomore season, which, I mean, people will argue that that was a bit of a slump. Um, hmm. He had moments of greatness, of course, that you expected. But overall, 
I think going into this third season, I think he knows exactly what his expectations are. Uh, and I'm, and I've always said this about Scotty going into this third season for him. He's a huge, huge, huge X factor on this team. Yeah. When he comes into this season, I think everyone's going to be keeping their eyes on just how, how good he got over the off season. And the fact that he's already reflecting it in his body changes mm. says a lot. Cause it takes a lot of discipline to do exactly what you were just talking about. The fact that he's gained up to 200, now he's 240 pounds while also leaning out and staying cut at the same time. That's very difficult. Um, so, I mean, to go back to what you said of the media availability, unfortunately, I had to step away. Of course, I had to step away because I was talking <laughs> to Jakob for an, my own interview with Yak um, while he's having apparently he's his best man. media interview ever. Right, so I, yeah, I need yeah. to know what he said. You fill me in. <laughs> um, well, actually, the best thing that I heard from Scotty so far is that he watched a lot of film this summer. Mm-hmm. And that's like, you know, through the podcast I've done with CJ, he says like that's one of the barriers between, you know, um, your first few years in the league, when you're a veteran, when you're at the middle part of your career is that you realize how important film is and analyzing yourself. It's no different than what you and I do. If you want to get better at something, you got to watch yourself back as painful as it can be. As painful. Right? And you got to you got to go through the lumps, right? Go through the fire. And uh, he's done that and he's looked at his mistakes. And that's to me is what's interesting is that, okay, he's acknowledging where he's good. He's acknowledging where he has to improve. It may not translate to all of a sudden he's got like this automatic pull-up jumper. Okay. From the mid range. Um, and we're also not even sure how much pick and roll the Raptors are, are, are going to be running um, mm-hmm. based off of Darko's comments, but I'm sure, you know, it just happens sometimes within games. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I like that he's thinking about these things and he's also telling us, Hey, I want the ball in my hands more. And also yep. they're giving me that rope and yep. I'm going to do my best to execute on that mm-hmm. side. And there's going to be lumps and stuff like that, but this is a process. And he's even quoting Darko the other day. Darko yeah. said that, you know, in a drill they were doing and they're making some mistakes and Scotty just put his hand up or whatever and said, this is a process. We'll get there. Yep. Pretty good stuff. That's some leadership qualities coming out. I mean, it's year and he three. He said it too. He's like, I'm a, a leader, but you know. Anyway. He did say that. He said that over the off season in an interview. I remember uh, when he was talking about also the condo development stuff too, um, that he, he does believe that he is a natural born leader. And I think for Scotty, it's also giving him the space a little bit to do yeah. just that, to, to let him step into that role too. I think, you know, you look at last season, Fred was the leader. Like Fred was a very much a vocal leader. Sure. Um, now with Fred gone, that does open up the room for for somebody who could take take that spot. Now you could say there's lots of cooks in the kitchen this season too, between mm. Pascal, Dennis Schroeder, who like had an amazing summer. Um, yeah. just some of the vets that have been there, you know, over and over and over again. They all have valid mm. voices. But I think everybody knows that Scotty has just been such a focal point with this franchise for well, ever since he got rookie of the year, really. Sure. So it's 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 great that he's starting to own it. And step into it and buy because if he buys into Darko's mentality of you know let's let's be careful with how we use the pick and roll situation let's play fast play fast pace half court basketball yeah. at the same time as like uh, you know some still continuing that solid defensive uh, presence that he's also talked about they want to be a great defensive team as well um, that's that's going to be key I think I think that sets the tone for Scotty coming into this season and the way that he's going to be regarded even as a teammate. So I think that's huge. Yeah. He said the first thing he he learned about Darko is that 
they can match each other's energy. He's like, I'm a high yeah. energy guy. And it seems like he is too. And I anticipate direct quote, we have a long ride together. That's sweet. Oh, right? I think right? for that part, when he said that, I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, again, like we're in training camp media day, either way, it's Vibes all positivity, right? Yeah. Everything's good. <laughs> but when we get to the games, that's when it's going to get harder. But him saying that, yeah, my left hand dribble is better. And also yeah. I've been focusing on my conditioning to, so I can be the player that I want to be on both yeah. ends of the court. He realized that was a deficiency. He had to address it and we'll see if he, he did. But uh, again, Scotty's saying the right thing so far. And Josh Lewenberg, TSN, he posted a clip um, be- shortly before we started this podcast of Scotty making 14 corner threes in a row, right? Yep. Again, it's just wide open shots, but it's still good because, hey, we're in the 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 network of just positivity and we haven't seen a game yet. So we can just assume that, hey, let's well, ride it. 14 in a row. Yeah, let's ride. Let's ride this. <laughs> right. Russell Wilson, let's ride. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, who should we go to next? How about Pascal Siakam? Well, yeah, yeah. Let's go to Pascal Siakam. Okay. So, so go yeah, ahead. The man, the man who's apparently miserable, all <laughs> times of the day. Yeah. Um, when we talk about you know questions having to be asked and it not being fun to answer those questions, yeah. we're talking about this, the Pascal situation. Um, the fact that he may have been traded had you know Kobe Bufkin been. Re- included into a Atlanta Hawks trade and apparently didn't want to do that. And so Pascal Siakam is still a, a Raptor. That's a report. Um, but I mean, it kind of corroborates with what we've learned and what we know if the Raptors were in, in, interested in going young, they would have wanted Kobe Bufkin as well. The questions he had to answer, you could see on media day that his energy was just fading as each question went on. And so the, when we saw some of the memes of him just kind of like sitting there, his head and I are just like completely on each other and he's doing this. Like, again, I get it. And you know, the, the question about him being selfish, I think that whole storyline got way overblown. Like we know how it is with media that if you, if, if a, a player such as of his abilities makes a comment and mm-hmm. it's within a controversial net, especially with where we are with the Raptors, it just mm-hmm. takes one person to use a different word and then another per- person used it a different word. And all of a sudden, we completely lost context of the original answer. And yep. I think that happened with Masai's comments. I think that happened with Darko's comments about Pascal. And I think it happened with, you know, Pascal discussing, you know, is he a selfish player? I don't think Masai or Darko said that he was a selfish player. What it. they were saying was that, you know, he's going to have to fit into the system. Yep. Right. And for, for Masai, he's saying, yes, he's a terrific player. We believe in him, but we want to see what he looks like in this Darko system before we discuss, discuss extension talks along with OG Anobi, along with Gary Trent Jr. And with Darko, when he's saying, yes, Pascal Siakam does get doubled a lot. How is he going to, how are we going to work through that? Well, he's got to get off the ball. That's a generic answer. We both know if you're being guarded by two people, yeah. you have to get off the ball. Obviously yeah. it's more complicated than that with Pascal Siakam. It wasn't just that it was two on the ball. It was like the, the side tags, the help defense, the, like, there was very little space for him to operate. And so that was a problem for him. And that's what we're talking about. But I mean, Darko wasn't the coach last year. But anyways, Pascal is smiling a lot. He is. And I think that's actually, I don't, that's refreshing to see. It is. It, yeah. Let's just, let's again, I'm, I'm very cautiously optimistic. I'm an optimist in general, but I'm cautious at this time of the year because it's yeah. always good vibes when you are playing you know, or when you haven't played a game and you're not sure how much minutes you're going to get this game, but you're assuming that mm-hmm. you're going to thrive, you know, sure. um, 
So I'm I'm happy to see Pascal coming into the season with like already like training camp great energy. But yeah, you're totally right. I think you hit the the nail on the head when it comes to the media day, and I think we can all just call it for what it was a little awkward. Like yeah. his answers, his responses, the contract extension got brought up, um, and and basically his future in Toronto, and mm. he never really addressed the question. He just kept on repeating himself in terms of I'm blessed. Um, yeah. I'm, I was just a kid from Cameroon. Uh, I'm fortunate, and that was pretty much the mixture of those three statements. I, was the answer yeah. to like, how do you feel with your future in Toronto? He euro stepped <laughs> right around that question. Yes, oh, <laughs> but for Indeed sure he did. Yes, and I mean it's one of those things where like you know if you're a player and you are personally not sure um, yourself, and mm. Masai even addressed it before he got on that he did not offer him the extension yet. Yeah, I think um, of course you're gonna you're going to probably want to try to dodge that because you're you yourself are probably not 1000% sure. And at the end of the day, like, you know, he's, he has to do what's right for him as well in terms of where he sees himself fitting. And, you know, if the, if there are trade rumors and I'm not going to like put any validation behind what's what or who's what or what sure. people are saying, but um, if there are rumors, then you hear your name in there, you do wonder how much loyalty does the people that you're playing for have and mm-hmm. you can't help but wonder those types of questions so i don't blame him for being a little awkward in that scenario and yeah totally like his you could see it in the body language i think body language says a lot too um uh, but that being said on the flip side like yeah he's his if, if, if body language says a lot right now in training camp it's it's been great so yeah. you can see him engaging with his teammates you see him um i think pascal also just in general i'll say i'll, I'll say this about him as well when it comes to media you know, he's he's never been the Fred Van Vliet type presence in terms of articulating answers and just like wanting to give the right quotes to people. He's just yeah. been really authentically himself. And that's just it's not really his thing. It's just period. It's always been like that. So he's a I hooper. Do, he's a hooper. He doesn't he's do not, media. He's, he's a, a hooper. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I like the ball talk. So um Anyway, so that's Pascal. I but and now in terms of what's going to happen on the court and exactly what you're talking about, the double team. So I have two things about this. One, the best players get double teamed. Like, are you going to leave? Are you going to do one on one with Kevin Durant? Yeah. But are you not going to? Are you still going to use Durant knowing that he's going to get double teamed? Yeah. And does Durant have the type of um, game where he could break a double team? Of course. But I'm mm-hmm. not comparing those two. Of course, like much different players, very much different players. But um, I will say that like. You know, if you are the one of the top players on this franchise, given the offense and what Darko has said, it sounds like he's still going to get his touches. Because, I mean, last season he had one of the best seasons a Raptor has ever had in the history of the franchise. So I would almost hate to see that he's not as utilized um, yeah. because, you know, he's forced to pass the ball all of a sudden. Mm. Of course, you always want to put a player in the most optimum position. I also think about post players, right? Post players are often, often, oftentimes double teamed down low. But I would still say, you know, for a really talented post player, still go up with it. Draw a foul. You're like, yeah. if, if there's a wide open three, of course you kick it out. Make the obvious pass. But if you if if you think that you could break a double team or you could take that on, like I would have a bit more confidence in, in that player as well. So I have mixed mm-hmm feelings with it because there's a certain there's it's it's a it's very situational in terms of when to pass and reading when you know that you got this because sometimes it's like especially i think about like back to my my experience like you might have a defender on you and then you see a second one coming but you've already blown past the first one Mm -hmm. so now the second one's coming and you know that you can get around the second one so there's that 
that trickiness to it. As long as though, once again, and like this is also Pascal Siakam said in his press conference, is making the right plays. And last thing I'll say is the about this whole selfish thing. Um, Masai never said Pascal Siakam is a selfish player. He never said that. Like that was never a quote that came out of, Pas- of Masai's mouth. Yeah. He talked about selfishness as a whole, as a group. Yeah. Um, and I think there's probably some some players that at times during the seasons were more selfish than other times. And it's it's a team thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of I don't want to say it was a culture, but um, it kind of felt like hero basketball. That's why I call it hero basketball, sure. where somebody like one person just wants to be the guy to get the team out of the dumps. But really, you're just you're just kind of being selfish. Yeah. Um, and that's what happens when a team really hasn't bought in. Usually that's what happens. Like I got to put the team on my back. Uh, but in this case, already coming into this, it feels like, you know, if Scotty's mm. already buying into it, how many other teams, like, why wouldn't you buy into it? So I'm very curious to see if Pascal also buys into it as like from what he says, maybe in another press conference or just what we see in the game. Cause that'll yeah. be very uh, determined. But I, I mean, Pascal definitely took those comments personally. Um, and if he did feel like it was targeted to him, I could understand why he would get defensive because it's Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Not a nice thing to have to be to have said about you when you're just trying no. to do your best out there for sure. Yeah, and also he's just not a selfish player. There's nothing about him that indicates he's he's selfish. Uh, even the way he plays, like uh, he makes he does make the right play. It is kind of that simple. Obviously, situation where you are on the court does matter. Um, I'm more curious, and Darko mentioned this too, that you know, getting off the ball. There's also what's happening off the ball. Are there cuts happening? Are they timely? What kind of spacing is uh, Pascal working in? And I think that's where Darko could probably help Pascal out a little bit. Um, I have no doubt that he's going to make the right read. Is he going to be able to adapt to the system? Yeah, because he's Pascal Siakam, right? He's a very smart player. He's going to figure exactly. it out. Um, yeah. Darko has said that he's been great so far. He's asking the good questions. Pascal yep. has said too that, yeah, the relationship is fine. He said that on media day. So yep. there's no reason to believe that things aren't going well. I want to see Pascal Siakam operate in space. I want to see him working in a system where he's able to make quick decisions and he's able to move and cut off the ball, get layups and operate in a, in a way in which uh, this life is easier for him. Right. Yeah. I think that'd yeah. be awesome. And also, I mean, when you do a scouting report of a team and we're going to learn this, you know, over the course of the season, like things are going to be new for the Raptors. Teams are going to acclimate to how they're playing. There's going to be more film. And guess what? 10 seconds left. The Raptors have ran two actions and the ball is in someone's hands. He's going to have to score the ball in those situations because he is their best player. So he's still going to get his isolation opportunities. Just 
because it's basketball. That's how it goes. Isolation yep. is part, part of basketball. But at the same time, you know, I want to see him get, you know, easy layups and hopefully he can uh, level up a little bit as a three-point shooter. That would be great for him, great for the Raptors, yep. obviously. And yep. uh, we'll just have to see how it goes. But do you do you find it odd that he hasn't been offered an extension? Do you think it's weird or do you think it's okay that Masai is saying, Mr. Two-time All-NBA player, we want to see how you fit into this new system? Well, um, I think there's two ways of thinking about it. One is, of course, you want to give a player his respects and offer the extension now. Two is, if I'm Pascal, if he makes All-NBA, that's a much bigger contract he could be after. It's something in the $300 million. So Supermax. Um, Supermax, exactly. So I'm, I'm kind of like, do you really want an extension right now when you could get a Supermax? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I also, let's, let's not... Let's not downplay how hard it is to be yeah. in all NBA conversation, but it's something that he has done before and it can prove that he could probably do it again. Yeah. Um, it's just kind of like, do you want to take that? It's kind of a bit of a gamble. It's a bit of a risk. So yeah. that's my also two- you gotta be offered the supermax too. If someone has to give it to you. Exactly. <laughs> but true. But so yeah, there's yeah. lots of there's lots of intricacies in that. So yeah. I, I think in a perfect world, is it nice? Is it great to be offered an extension if you're pascal siakam yes because it's a bit of a it's a security blanket sure but uh and if you're Masai, would you want to give pascal that extension well i can't speak on behalf of him but you know it depends on which route you're trying to take the team i think i think that's kind of the Mm. reflection of of that decision it's a big decision it's not one to be taken lightly um it's and and I think you're you're totally right in the fact of the it will be also reflected in the style of play and how he adapts to the new coach in that mm-hmm. style of play as well. So I think yeah. a bit might be a little wait and see a little bit. And we all know that Masai in front office they're they're pretty patient. Sure. And another reason why he probably hasn't been given an extension, right? They're a very patient front office, possibly to a fault. Yeah, the idea that Pascal hasn't been given an extension, I can understand why it rubs people the wrong way. I mean, why are we assuming that a person that you quote unquote believe in, you don't believe he's going to be able to, you know, figure himself out into the system? But I, whether you think it's right or wrong, I can understand it. I'll put it that way, right? Because yeah. we still know that the the fit of Pascal, Scotty, and and Jakob, it's it was awkward from the get go, and it still remains awkward right? How they're going to work off of each other because of the spacing limitations. But we got a new coach. Scotty's going to be ball handling more. Positions one to four are going to be ball handling. So from there, I I think it's okay to wonder how Pascal fits, considering how much money you would be giving him um, in the the idea that you do offer him an extension. Mm -hmm. But also I can see the other side too, that it's not fair to assume that he's not going to fit. You you shouldn't have a person who's all NBA, two times, all stars, all that kind of stuff going into a contract year if you believe in him. But this is kind of an odd situation for the Raptors. So I'm going to give aside the benefit of the doubt. However, if you oppose that opinion that they should just give him the extension, I can understand that too. Yeah, I do. I'm still on the air. I still err on the side of giving Masai like trusting in Masai, basically, yeah. um, giving him the best benefit of the doubt. You know, like this is still one of the, the league's top executives and he's that for a reason. So I and think that's not what the streets are saying, but yes, I know. Well, <laughs> yeah. I know. I know. I've been seeing yeah. what the streets are saying and I yeah. completely understand why they're saying that. Um, yeah. But he's a patient exec and maybe, and he, he took accountability even with the Fred Van Vliet situation of, 
hey, should if we he said if not trading it was the wrong decision, then we we take accountability, we would take responsibility for that. Yeah. Um but you know, I think he, I think for me personally, I I do see think that he has a bigger vision coming, um, whatever that may be. And and he did talk about finding the right piece that fits this team. And I think that's very important. And sometimes that just literally it takes it takes patience. Sure. And Scotty Barnes does take a massive leap. And I think that is something yeah. that's hinging on this Pascal situation, how how it plays out, right? Um, if he does make a massive leap, right? Now you got to think about the finances. And we already are aware of some of the cap issues the Raptors have upcoming. And it only gets more complicated with a Scotty Barnes rookie extension, a pressure to Chua. The numbers are just going to keep on getting bigger and bigger and bigger. The cap's going to go up too, but these are all things that are going to factor into how the Raptors are going to operate. And if they want to be, you know, a luxury tax team and do they go for it? Who's available in free agency? So being cautious isn't a bad idea, but Pascal Siakam saw it today, saw it yesterday. He was having a great time in those three-point drills with Chris Boucher, Ron Harper, and, and Jeff Doughton Jr. Lots of smiles. He's very yeah. happy. He's having a great time. Um, and I'm just curious how he, he he's used this upcoming season because it could really help him. And I've been preaching that I just want to see him be like a consistent 25, 26, 27 points per game player. Obviously, yep. you level up as a three-point shooter. That helps. Um, but also him being able to get more efficient offense because the team around him is playing better and it's a better system. That can yep. get him there too. Okay. Yep. Let's go to let's go to Dennis, right? I mean, yes. I think Dennis is kind of a, a tricky one because we've we've learned so much already about him um, yep. and his availability yesterday. It was kind of him reiterating the same things that he's already said. But I'll just say, off the start, is that I'm I'm intrigued by his fit. I think he's a natural leader. I think he's gonna be a great fit for the Raptors. We talk about energy, positivity, fun, um, making that part of the MO of the Toronto Raptors, you know, despite wins and losses, I think he's a perfect fit that way. And in a 0.5 system, a dude who's extremely fast can get downhill, can make fast decisions, pretty valuable. Yeah. Yeah. I'm uh, like having watched him throughout the NBA and at the moment he told, like the moment he tweeted, like it felt like seconds after Fred left, He's like, I'm coming to Toronto. Like, (laughs) I was like, first of all, love the energy. Like, Uh when was the last time you saw a significant free agent be that excited over coming to Toronto? Like, I was, I was pretty pumped by the fact that, oh, we get a guy who Mm -hmm. really wants to be here, and he's also very talented. And oh, look at that, he just won the FIBA MVP. That's crazy. And so now we have this leader on our team. And the best thing that resonated with me, what he said with his media availability, when it comes to roles, he started recounting his, um, his NBA career playing alongside LeBron, Chris Paul, and and Shay. And then he's like, yeah, when it comes to roles, like I don't have a role. I've been having different roles the past five years. Like, I was like, good for you. Like, good for you for having that mentality. And I hope that spreads throughout the, Mm. the team, because I think, um, this, I think that's actually something that also Darko's trying to like preach with that one through four, like flexibility. It's like, yeah, like I want one through four. And I love the fact it's not one through three. And then, you know, four and five is interchangeable. I love that's one through four. Cause the Toronto Raptors are a team that has some really strong power forwards that built are in the middle. <laughs> they're exactly. built in the middle. Yeah. They're, yeah, exactly. That I have that flexibility of, of going to a bit more of a three position as well. Like I think yeah. about precious, right. Um, 
but yeah, so so I think that's that's going to be very key for this team. I think he's bringing definitely that level of confidence. He's not shy. I didn't, I didn't get the impression that he's shy at all. Um, mm-hmm. Darko was even talking about how he came in. And he was already talking to the new guys um, in terms of like leading them, what they're seeing on the court. He's talking to his teammates in terms of just like, you know, like running through things, asking questions, but then also like telling people what, what he's seeing. And I think, I definitely think that having won the FIBA MVP and won everything like that has definitely kind of uh given him a bit more maybe we'll call it cred um on this team um that that yeah you know like that 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 people really respect what he has to say and and everything so i think that's a great tone also a great energy to to come into this with he's not just any old free agent that he just picked up like this is the dennis schroeder now so and it helps also of course that he has that such a close relationship to Darko from OKC. So he's truly, he, he knows what he's getting from his coach already. Mm-hmm. Um, of course the head coaching role is a different capacity, but he also knows uh, how to like, he's a player. So he could also articulate that to his teammates. Yeah. So I think that's, that's huge. Actually. That's, that's when we talk about team chemistry, mm-hmm. which, you know, like that's, it's a significant factor. Um, yeah. It's huge when you have a guy like that vouching for a coach. Hundred percent, and I mean, look no further than the fact that he was just FIBA MVP. And I know that it's it's different styles of basketball, but he's going from FIBA MVP to he's going to be accepting a role where he's obviously not going to be the primary ball handler, and that's role acceptance right there, right? Mm-hmm. That's him taking a backseat and doing what yep. has to be done to win games. And there you go, right? That's yep. him. You know, that's the example of what you got to do when you get to an NBA team and you got to accept a role. And that's just how things go. Um, I, I, I want to, I just want to see him play basketball. I want to see him play basketball. I want to see the Raptors play basketball. I'm just so curious how this is going to look in person. Um, yep. It's going to be a process probably. I mean, even Jakob, we'll get to, we can get to Jakob now, but he said yep. uh, when he was asked, how are things different from last season? He's like, it's pretty different which should be music to a fan's ears that their offense is going to be that different. It's going to be, it's, it has been overhauled and that's intriguing. When we talk about the selfishness that kind of comes up, I think sometimes your actions and your style of offense and the, the, the way in which you try and scheme and score points can cater to selfishness depending on what you're doing. But this system that I think we're going to be seeing, it's going to be the exact opposite. So Dennis is going to be able to eat on some days. Um, it's going to be Pascal sometimes. It's going to be everyone. Um, and uh, that's, a, that's a great thing for all the players that are obviously heading into contract years. But um, it's it's kind of an example of how we are going to win games, right? It's going to be togetherness in it. We can preach it, but if it's not in the system necessarily, then it's hard to really believe in it, you know? What stands out to me is, so when Darko did say that, uh, Jakob is going to be used more in the high post, uh, yep. playing out of there. The ball will be going through his hands. I think a big thing that post players and you know I speak coming from that's that you know. what I played. That's what I played in university. You know. Um, is that I call it rewarding the big or feeding the big, mm-hmm. and oftentimes like when you get the ball through your post players' hands something good's bound to bound to happen. Like, I think there's actually a stat. I can't pull it off the top of my head, but there's a stat that for, especially for teams that, that like playing through the post that every single time a post player touches the ball in a possession, usually, and whether that's actually them scoring themselves or Mm -hmm. a teammate being able to cut through open, through an open lane, usually something good happens. Like usually, usually there's an action that leads to a bucket. 
And so hearing that, I think a lot of, I think there's some people who are concerned about, oh, what, like, that's the go-to, like, that's the bread and butter, the pick and roll, like, but like, let Mm -hmm. me be the first one to tell you that there's more to a power forward and a center than just being a screener. Um, especially because Jakob Pertl has great court vision. Um, he was known for that coming from San Antonio. We actually, when he came to the Raptors, he got away from that at San Antonio. So this is actually more so, uh, adjusting back to him playing out of the high post the way that he was. And he was the guy that they were putting the ball through his hands. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's, if you want to talk about like coaching systems, that's actually more on the Greg Popovich line of thinking. So I know I'm all. I'm all for that personally. Uh, I I do think that, you know, they're not completely going away from pick and roll. Like I did talk to Jakob today um, and he did mention that, you know, he's excited to have the ball a bit more in his hands and, and, and he does like know that he can get his guys Mm. good looks and opportunities through that. Um, So, you know, no one's crying over the fact that, you know, he's not going to be just a screener anymore yeah. uh, he did talk to me though about the difference between setting screens for fred and dennis Schroeder. like there's going to be a, an adjustment there um and so, so what do you say yeah no he's gonna go with more of a the flat screens rather than yeah. uh fred who i mean if you look at even the tapes but the way he would set a screen for fred would he was he would be delaying a lot um but the way that he would see setting screens now for Dennis Schroeder, even though it's only day two of training camp is he's doing flat screens as Dennis wants to get downhill and drive to the hoop. So exactly. uh, take it, keep an eye out for that this season. Um, and so, yeah, so that's why it's like, it's not like it's completely out of his arsenal. It's just more so he's going to be the guy that they can go through. And I think that's mm-hmm. going to be so valuable when, when like basically an anchor, that's your anchor in case of doubt, pass it through the middle, pass it through. So yeah, and that's going to be really great for the Raptors. If you have your most mobile players being more active, I think that's a good thing. So if yeah. Jakob, who is probably the least mobile on the court for obvious reasons, he's a seven footer, right? If you have Dennis and Pascal and OG and Scotty and Jalen McDaniels and Grady, if they're working off of him, obviously just, you know, by math, yeah. it's going to be faster. The yeah, court's going to have- be, the, the, everything's going to be faster, right? No, and that's a great thing. Flyers. Like you can't oh, yeah. tell me that. Like think think about this like this scenario for a second. You have Jakob seven foot passing all the way up here, and think about the high flowers flyers that we have. Like okay, McDaniel's, there's Chris, there's Precious. They all can play above the rim. So yep. now you're really just playing above the rim, rim to rim. And so you can't. Mm-hmm. T- they, they all love the cut game where they can just alley oop it basically. Sure. So it, it opens itself up the court for opportunities like that. Yeah. Um, I loved his answer today, or it was on uh, Media Day, actually, where he was asked about Christian Coloco, and he said that, um, you know, he thinks he's a great kid and all that kind of stuff, but he said that uh, there was a film session that was being done with Christian and another coach, and he was just walking by, and he went in, he was giving him tips, and they were going through a few things, yeah. things that he saw, because he said, I was there, right? I've been here. I know what he's what he feels like, uh, and uh, he just wants to offer his uh, his experience to him, and that's such a cool thing. Like, Jakob, his, his answers are so thoughtful. Right. Yeah. With everything that he says, um, he's honest, he's candid. If he, he says like we if he, we just have to go through it sometimes, it, he's, he's not brushing the question off. Sometimes it is just this is the process and we have to see how it goes. He's like, I don't know how it's going to go. He's like, but I think that it can, you know, as we get more reps with it, we learn more about each other. The Raptors, the offense, maybe it could work. 
Like there's mm-hmm. so much what ifs with this team right now um, in a good and a bad way. Cause it can be exciting. You know, what is it, what is it going to look like? How is this player going to perform? But um, I think Jakob working through him more, it could be good for everybody. Um, it's just a more, it's just a more modern style of offense. I do worry about the Sabonis factor where mm-hmm. what we saw with the Warriors last season, where they weren't even guarding him at the free throw line. They were just leaving him out there because he wasn't able to hit that shot. Now that is probably more of a playoff style of defense, but LeBron James, the Lakers, they would do that to Jakob. And uh, that's why we probably saw him taking Go elbow say. jumpers today. We did. Uh, we'll hey, to what see. did we like, see today? <laughs> we did. You know, we saw it. Exactly. And uh, I mean, if he's wide open, you got five feet in front of you. You got to have to, you have to make the shot. Take the shot yeah. and make the shot, and uh, we'll have to see how that that goes. And then but rebound, an ex- and then go yeah, back up. Yeah, you exactly. <laughs> it's an exciting opportunity for him, though. This is a big opportunity. Absolutely. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm actually pumped to see how Jakob can integrate himself into this offense, given the fact that it's such a quick decision making offense um, that is going to allow him opportunities to make some good reads and decisions in that high post position as well. Hmm. Let's go through Gary now, and we're winding down the podcast. The biggest takeaway has, you already kind of said it actually, of uh, what he said with the connection that he had with Darko right off the bat. Um, But I'm, again, he's another player that can thrive in a dribble handoff type of system. We saw him thrive with Scotty Barnes in those kinds of actions. It's because he's got the pull-up shot. He's got the mid-range shot. He can get to the rim at a reasonable rate and finish okay. We'll see how he he looks this upcoming season. Um, but it's a great opportunity for him too, especially in a contract year. His comments were were huge. That was like, yep. like I said, it really resonated with me. The fact that he said and vouched for Coach Darko, um, just talking about this is the coach I've had the most conversations with in my career. Like, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah. So I, you just like I think with all these conversations that we're having that that we're having right now, even with all these individual players, I think it's all about like, can this translate? You know, I'm gl- I'm glad that this has been a really strong coach so far in terms of. You know, he seems like a really hardworking, humble guy that can that will take accountability for himself first and then, you know, have to keep his own players accountable for when it, when they yeah. need to be. Um, but but can this translate to wins? That's yeah. the question. You know, it's it, you can't be friends if you're losing. Sure. <laughs> and right. so and it's those true. conversations get a lot harder when you're not playing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, like I said, the transparency a- uh, aspect, because I think any professional athlete should be able to take feedback, mm-hmm. and understand. I think I think this is what's going to separate maybe even this season from last season is just like, OK, what can I do better? Why am I not playing? Um, yeah. What needs to be done and changed so that I can play? So like earning minutes, you know, and and knowing why. Because like I think everyone, even if they're not happy about it, everyone can appreciate when they know why they're not playing. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so and so that's that's huge. And and Gary's gonna be a guy that's we know what he's gonna bring to this season. I think we know. I think he's a guy that's gonna be you know easy to play off of, especially in this system. He mm-hmm. already is a quick guard on the quicker side of things. Um, especially he has a fast release. Um, he's very quick in making a decision of going downhill or not. Um, and I think what I would like to see from Gary this season is also within the system, the quick decision to find an open, open player, like a pass, like to quickly have a quick pass to almost like getting those assist numbers up, um, without directly, it's not that he needs to, but, but I would like to see it with the result of this offense if he can. 
Sure. hundred percent. And I think there is a, there's more of a passing pedigree with Gary Trent Jr. I, I do find that, you know, last season he was kind of asked to be a play finisher. That was his role. Um, mm-hmm. But when he was in DHO actions with the Scotty Barnes, like he was making those passes and sure he could be a better passer. Everyone could be, um, but I think there's more to his passing ability than what he's shown. Something that you'd mentioned uh, just with like the, the team culture and stuff like that. Uh, another thing that Jakob had said um, on media day when he was asked about, you know, what does culture change look like within the scope of this team? And he said that, you know, last season, like we like each other, things were good, it's like, but I think we could have done a better job of playing through the ups and downs, not getting so down and not being so up either. Um, I think part of that was just because like when he came at the trade deadline, like the team was already so up and down and the vibes weren't right. Like they need to find more stability with their character, their, their team mantra, their team philosophy and Darko, his system. And even Scotty saying himself that he finds there's more positivity already right off the get-go with this team. It's more about how can we nurture growth? How can we help each other? Um, It's not that it wasn't happening last season. I think it was just a different kind of energy different kind mm-hmm. of philosophies. Um, so all these, you put them together, I think hopefully the Raptors, there's obviously a veteran pre- presence that probably people feel like there's too many veterans with a Thad and a Gary Temple and an Otto Porter Jr. and so forth. But um, I think there's going to be, they're not going to be so up and down with their mentality. They, they realize that this is a marathon, not a race. And I think they're going to stay more even keeled throughout the season. Um, anything on that? Or should we just wrap up this podcast? I want to give you the final words. Yeah, no, I think you you pretty much just said everything there because I think that's kind of like what the what the tone of the season is. This is not like a super young team. They still have a lot of vets. And with a mm-hmm. lot of vets comes a lot of experience and professionalism because they've probably seen a lot of different situations by now. And a lot so, done a lot. Yep, yep, yep. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So I think that's gonna prove to be very valuable in this season, especially when you have uh, you know, guys like Scotty Barnes who are going to be taking that next step in terms of being more of a leader. Um, yeah. and, and then you have other guys like the Gary's who are still relatively young enough in their career, mm-hmm. uh, and keeping that, uh, I mean, it's pretty much, was it Kawhi? This said never get too, too high or too low. Yes, it was. Exactly. <laughs> so I think we should just readopt that uh, mentality going into this one. Um, and so, I, and I think, uh, Jakob, Jakob pretty much summarized that and said it for himself in his own words. So, um, yeah, no, it's good. I'm excited for the season. I wish you all, man. I just want to see basketball being played again. I just want to see it. I want to see this. I want to see this product, man. (laughs) The vision. Exactly. I want to see the vision. (laughs) When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Come to life. Exactly. (laughs) Savannah Hamilton, you can catch her on Sportsnet throughout the season doing her thing. 
Thank you so much, Savannah. Good times, good chat. Thank you. Appreciate you, man. Talk soon, y'all.